From the Financial Times in London, I'm Patrick Jenkins, the FT's financial editor. This is FT News. Italy's banking system is in crisis. Prime Minister Matteo Renzi is at loggerheads with Europe over how to rescue the country's troubled lenders. With me on the line to discuss the problem is Rachel Sanderson, our Milan correspondent. Thanks for joining us, Rachel. It's a kind of mayhem, isn't it, in the Italian banking sector? What exactly is going on? What we've seen is very sharp share falls over the last few days since the surprise outcome for the leave vote of Brexit. This has been following very sharp share falls earlier in the year about jitters over Italy's 200 billion euros of gross non-performing loans. We saw sharp share falls in January. Shares have fallen again, as we said, because of the Brexit vote. We're now seeing Italian bank shares down about 52% so far this year. And in turn, what we're looking at is particularly concerns about one of Italy's biggest banks, Unicredit and the capital levels there, and Italy's third largest bank by assets, Montepaschi di Siena, the world's oldest bank founded in 1472. And in particular, the focus is now on this idea that the government would like to try and bail out MPS and potentially more of the Italian banking sector because it realises that there's no other way forward. It can't follow the letter of the European rules and bail in, in the language of regulation, bail in these bondholders rather than use bailout money from the government because... It seems a lot of banks had sold bonds to their retail investors and they're worried that there'll be a kind of loss of confidence in the banks if they bail in bondholders and a loss of deposits as well on a run on the banks. Is that a fair summary of why they feel that they have to go for bailout rather than bail-in? The concern is definitely that bail-in equals bank run, as a very senior government official said to me several months ago. So this has been an ongoing concern. The central issue about the Italian banking system is quite how it is wedded and sewn into the entire Italian landscape, both political, corporate and social. As you said, there is an issue about depositors having also bought bonds in the bank. There is also an issue about the fact that these banks are the main source of lending for Italy's SMEs, and Italy's SMEs make up 70% of the country's GDP. And on the third front, there is a situation that, as is well known, this politics is very closely tied into the boards and the livelihoods of these banks. Monte Pasqua di Siena very closely linked to the centre-left, for example, So there is opposition on all fronts to the idea of bailing in Italy. You could bring up the fact of why on earth did the Italian government, and it was the bureaucratic government of Enrico Letta and the technocratic government before that of Mario Monti sign up to the bailing rules. But this is why, as you said, the government is keen to, as it were, put an injection of capital into Montecipaschi. They are looking, though, at flexibility in the European rules. What they are looking at is the possibility of doing a precautionary recap or also of using the government-sponsored privately-backed fund Atlante in order to put money into Monte de Paschi. As you know, Atlante was set up a couple of months ago to backstop two cap hikes at failing regional banks for which they found no investors. 
What we're looking at now is whether someone like the Treasury-owned Casa Depositi e Prestiti, which has 410 billion euros in assets under management, could give an extra injection of capital to Atlante, which would allow Atlante to then work as a conduit to helping Monte de Paschi. All very complicated and convoluted, as you can see. Yes, and a final question for you. This is rubbing up against all kinds of opposition at an EU level, potential concerns around state aid and so on. Who's going to win? Is it going to be Prime Minister Renzi or the European Commission? I think what you're going to see is a fudge of sorts. I think everyone will come out winners for fear that everybody will come out as a loser. So from what I understand at the moment, beneath the sort of shouting that we have seen and declarations that we've seen of defending EU rules by German Chancellor Angela Merkel over the weekend of Mr Renzi saying, you're not the school teacher. But what you're going to see is that underneath that, on both sides, they are looking for flexibility, which will allow Italy to put some money into shoring up its banks. The concern being, one, a greater impact on the Italian economy, which is already only seeing weak economic growth and expectations that because of the Brexit fallout, Italy may go back into recession, which is going to cause its 200 billion of gross non-performing loans to increase again. And also the fact that Italy has a major constitutional referendum taking place in October on which Mr. Renzi has wagered his job. And city analysts have said the risk of political instability coming out of Italy as a result of that constitutional referendum is the major political risk that Europe faces in the next month. And with Europe having already to deal with the turmoil from the Brexit vote, they don't want to see major trauma and economic and political turmoil coming out of Italy. Well, a lot is clearly hanging on this, not just in Italy, but right across Europe and the world. So we'll keep a close watch. Thanks very much, Rachel. This is an abridged version of the FT's Banking Weekly podcast, which you can download from ft.com slash podcasts. Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.